Hello and welcome to episode number 17 of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast and we're delighted that Anton is back with us once again. Hello Anton. Hello, it's great to be back. I, I miss you already and it's I haven't chatted about Switch news in a whole week. I'm going to implode. Uh, this isn't I know healthy. you've You've had a whole week off, and uh, last week we had the wonderful James Wiley on the show, and it was wonderful, but obviously a podcast with Anton is not quite the same as we all know, but we have Alistair as well, which is wonderful. Hello, Alistair. You do. Howdy. And uh, we are on Twitter. Just a little reminder that if you are on Twitter, then you can follow us. It's Nintendo. It's uh, NSUK Podcast on Twitter. Uh, We had a lovely message, actually, uh, just yesterday from Paul, who says... Uh, excellent podcast thank you for your hard work each and every week a must listen for every nintendo uk switch owner hashtag nintendo switch and paul's absolutely right it is a must listen and um (laughs) that's very nice of him as well but but uh, if you are listening for the first time then you can subscribe for free on the likes of itunes please leave us a review those reviews really really help us just to get noticed by other people as well so if you uh, subscribe and you haven't left a nice five-star review we would love you even more if you did absolutely you I can, love all the listeners, but we love the ones that give us reviews the most. Yeah, absolutely. You can also, um, if you want to email us, if you don't use Twitter, you can get in touch by email. And that is... Uh, podcast at nsukp.co.uk. Fabulous. Well, uh, before we start and we move on to news, have we been playing anything this week? Anton? Oh, I've I've been out of the loop this week. Uh, I've been going back and playing some old Game Boy Advance games. Uh, just oh, wow. Just going is... back and playing the classics. Uh, a little bit of Mario World. Uh, a little bit of Tetris. A little bit of Phantom Hourglass. I believe that's the Game Boy one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> just playing older stuff. Haven't had a chance to pick up the Switch. How about yourselves, though? D- just before we move on, is that a, is that a micro you've got in your hand? Yeah, there? Game Boy Micro. It's, it's really <sighs> handy because it's so small, you can literally take it everywhere. Like, and it it's the size ma- of a controller, right? It's basically the size of a Game Boy cartridge if you remember the size of those they're yeah. absolutely yeah. tiny it's fantastic some people think they're a bit too small but I think it's all selling point of it so smaller it's the better it's one of the um, one of the retro consoles that I've wanted to pick up in the past and haven't what can you expect to pay at the moment if you wanted to pick one up uh, it depends on the colours if you go for maybe one of the pink ones you can be maybe 45 but if you go for like maybe a silver or blue you're probably sitting around maybe 60 Okay. Um, however, you can get flash carts for them for reasonable prices, maybe about thirty pounds, and can have your collection all in one cart, which is really handy. So you can, yeah. it can be your own one little wee device, and the battery life on them is actually really good uh, for nice. such a small device. Well, there we are. What about you, Al? What have you been playing this week? Uh, I have been on the Nintendo Online. I've just been playing random old games. I couldn't oh, even yeah. tell you which ones. I've just been pottering. Okay. It's been good fun. Very I've good. It. Yeah. Excellent. Um, I have been playing State of Mind, um, which I'm about f- halfway through, I reckon, maybe now. And uh, psychological thriller. It's great storyline, by the way. I'm really into the storyline. I want to know what's all going on. I won't spoil anything, but it's futuristic, set in 2048, I believe. Um, obviously, in a future where you know we actually 
have a world unlike the current world, which is heading for disaster. But that's a whole other podcast. I'm sure there's yeah, many on that. We're not political at all here. No, but you know, well, uh, t- t- 2048 in a, in their their sort of vision of it, and it's a very very uh, interesting storyline. It would make a great movie as well, and it kind of is a bit like a movie. It's a bit interactive. You know, you do it, it is sort of 3D. You know, you're walking about, and the characters are really interesting, like polygon type, cell shaded type. Um, looking not quite cell shaded that's not mm. the right word it's a little it's really unusual it's a very unusual look I think you're probably looking at the, the screenshots there are you at the moment of no I was looking up something else actually oh were you okay <laughs> yeah. uh, well anyway um, when you have a chance state of mind check it out uh, interesting it gets a solid kind of 7 or 8 out of 10 generally um, some people say it's a little slow but if you like a storyline based game it's one to check out so I've been playing that and a little bit of Resident Evil with my other half Resident Evil Revelations 2, I think we've been playing. Oh, so we're, we're in chapter 4 of that, perhaps. And there was something else I played as well this week, and I forget what it is. Well, I'm um, still also playing Red Dead Redemption 2 on the PlayStation. I keep thinking, I'm nearly at the end. I'll be able to get rid of the PlayStation and buy more Switch games. <laughs> but that game goes on forever and ever and ever. <laughs> yeah. It's never ending. <laughs> Have any of you been able to give a Box Boy plus Blocks Girl go? I've um I've downloaded it and haven't played it yet, but it, it it's one I'll probably at some point this week have a go of Alster. Not played it yet. I'm desperately wanting to play it, and there's another game demo that we'll get onto later on. I'm going to go download and yes, get home. Yes. And I've just remembered. I'm kicking myself. I forgot to go and buy Dark Side Detectives in the store in the shop. Oh, uh, the first one. Well, yeah, it was on it was sale. sale. Yeah. And mm. I meant to go and get it. Completely forgot. Oh well. The, the other the other game that you mentioned that we won't mention yet, but we'll soon. Uh, that's the other one that I had a go of. Just yes. the other day yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to news. Tell us the people want to know. So it's now official. Super Mario Maker Two is coming to the Nintendo Switch, and we have a date. So that's the official part because we kind of knew that it was coming after the uh, the direct. But it's coming on the twenty eighth of June. Anyone into this? Ah. Uh. <laughs> really? Oh, I'm, I'm so on the fence about it because I personally picked up the Wii U version. I. Well, it was actually a really good game I picked up because the limited edition was really cheap and kind of surprisingly got involved with it. But at the same time, it's like, how much can they change? Obviously, you can add different items, but how much do you can you kind of change the core experience? So I'm I'm very much mm. on the fence. It'll, it'll depend on how how poor I'm at at the time. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose the fundamental mechanics probably won't change much. But I know a couple of people who did buy the original one, and without fail, every single one of them said, "Oh yeah, I bought it. Played it for about half an hour." Never picked up again. Really? Yeah, it's one of these things that doesn't seem to have a lot of staying power to people, unless you're very much minded that you enjoy creating levels and playing them and sharing them. For I think the vast majority of people, myself probably included, it's a, oh, this is fun. Okay, mm, done. Interesting. Experience. Mm. I, I think you'll get a lot of people that will be the opposite and will be fanatical about, yeah. about it, and, and it'll be a thing where they'll go online and, and find out what other people are doing and share what they're doing. And I think that's great. I think if it's something that you really into i think that is um it's a great game for that you might find as well that the audience might potentially be younger and people who are more looking at going going into game design and thinking about gaming as a future uh as a future career move because it is the kind of game where it could spark someone's interest and go actually this is something i want to learn more about so so i think it's a great uh great that we're getting on the switch it's not something that i'm going to be rushing out to buy um so we'll be interested to see if you did did you play the first one a lot anton yeah i i was surprised because i picked up when it came out it was just when the amiibo craze kicked off and i think the limited edition included amiibo the art book and it cost like 40 pounds which was pretty good for a brand new game i was like mm-hmm. sure i'll give the label creator a go it looks pretty intuitive However, what I found was the thing that hooked me, because I think I maybe put in like 50, 60 hours into it. 
the thing that hooked me was having almost like a procedurally generated Mario game where maybe you don't sit and play it for like a couple hours, you maybe just like like before you go to bed you just pick up your Wii U tablet and then like maybe play 15 minutes of the kind of highest rated levels of the day and just kind of see what gimmicks people are trying and kind of just see the kind of more good okay, procedurally generated cool. levels well not they're procedural they're humans making them but to me who knows <laughs> well they're procedural generated in the way that you don't know what's coming in and you can't kind of judge because obviously they're all new every time you you play a new person's design i suppose from that perspective that might have an appeal for more people and then i guess in turn it might persuade you to go and do your own you know so maybe mm. someone will pick it up just to play other people's levels and then eventually go actually i think i could do this better yeah, yeah, I mean, you might be right. Because there's a... Um, right. In the original, I don't know if they're planning to do it for this one, there was a mode called 10 Mario Challenge or 100 mm-hmm. Mario Challenge where you got, like, say, 10 lives and then they gave you, like, 10 levels or they gave you... I think the 100 Mario Challenge is the more popular one where you have 100 Marios and then they give you, like, a handful of really hard stages and you just try and burn your way through it. And then that's, like, enough to satisfy you for the day and then you pick up, like, maybe a couple of days later and then give it, like, another go. Hmm, interesting. And there is a little bit of another interest to the release date as well, because although this is more of a rumour, it is something we've talked a lot about, so we're not going to talk to it about it at great length in our rumour section. But the release date of Super Mario Maker 2 is uh, also potentially coinciding with uh, a recent Bloomberg suggestion that we're going to see a Switch Mini by the end of June. And of course, this has been slated for the 28th of June for Super Mario Maker 2 and uh, potentially a revised Switch at the end of the year. So could it be that we get the bundle, the Super Mario Maker Mini Switch bundle? Mm, I I could see it possible. I think if we're getting a Switch Mini, they'll definitely be coinciding a game. And I believe, looking back, the 3DS version of Super Mario Maker sold a lot better than the the Wii U version, and I'm thinking okay. if maybe gamers, there's maybe a time kind of in the majority of this kind of audience for that game who kind of used it as a pick up, play for 15 minutes, and put a gateway kind of game, having it on the more handheld focus system might be the best choice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that also might tie into what I was saying about it being potentially a younger audience that are really into it, because again, with the Switch Mini, that could really um, tie in well. Also, the other bit of interesting news is that Super Mario Maker 2 will include a year's worth of N- Nintendo Switch Online subscription and uh, pre-orders will give you a free stylus. I mentioned a stylus for Professor Layton and then I remembered... No, no, Professor Layton was a stylus originally. So, yeah, so n- that's that's interesting because now I'm starting to wonder... Now that We'll come on to the Professor Layton news in a minute, but the stylus is interesting. Before we talk about that, though... Um, they're just giving away this uh, Switch Online uh, subscription yeah, these days, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, it's a great way to grow their base of people playing online. It's, yeah. I mean, it's pretty much an extension of what they did to begin with. The first yeah. was it the first four months or something of Nintendo Switch was it free? Was it a year? Oh. It was free for a long time yeah. to get people playing it. About a year, I think. Yeah, yeah I think so. I, I don't think it was the official Nintendo Switch Online, but yeah, they did have it free for good while like yeah it was like a stripped down basic version they didn't have the actual games to play i think when they made it a premium content uh, platform that's when they started giving out the switch online but the actual gaming experience of online was free to begin with yeah uh just tying into the professor layton uh news i think we got news that we're getting the first one but there's also uh, news that Layton's mystery journey, Catry Hill and the Millionaire's Conspiracy, which I have no idea about because it's one of the many millions of P- Professor Layton mystery type games uh, that came out later. It's been rated now, so it's been giving, given an official rating, 
uh, as in classification, so E for everyone, essentially. Um, but when that happens, it's usually a sign that it's it's coming to a console because it's actually been rated for the Nintendo Switch. Um, and that the reason I mention it is just because of the stylus thing there, because the stylus in the uh, the DS was very much crucial to games like Professor Layton. So I'm just wondering, if we're getting a stylus for Mario Maker, could we see that open up the possibility of seeing more ports from the DS? Because there's one that I would love that would work great. And you can play it without a stylus, but it'd be nice to have it as well for the little extra bits you got on the DS. And that would be Chinatown Wars. I'd love to have Chinatown Wars again. It's on <laughs> everything mean, else. It is on everything else. They should bring it out. I mean, that's actually not a bad shout. It gives an opportunity for them to bring in quite a... Quite a simple game to port over to the Switch. Yeah, and and, and you could. It's not just that. I mean, there are other games on the DS, Anton, that that use the stylus technology. That maybe now, yeah, we don't want that as a general thing. But if they're going to be doing stylus for this, and it makes sense, then that'd be great. Another game that I've just thought about that would be perfect with a stylus is um, Football Manager. Now, Football Manager, I. Uh, have a history of being addicted to and i love it being on the switch but one of the difficulties with the switch is it is touch screen but my fingers even though i've not you know it's not like i've got giant hands or giant fingers it's just it, it's you difficult just have a grown-up hand and they're big it's yeah and the switch <laughs> it, it'll all be a big screen it's not that big that when you've got a screen full of information and you're trying to change someone's position on the field or whatever it's quite difficult but with a stylus um, it would be potentially easier. So I'm wondering how far this stylus could um, could be integrated into other games. Yeah, I'm quite curious because um, there's a kind of report out this week, well, not a report, but a statement out this week that the Pokemon Sword and Shield is being optimised for handheld play. So I'm wondering with this kind of all coinciding with like Super Mario Maker and styluses, I wonder if we're going to start seeing more handheld optimised games because... Knowing how the kind of handheld Nintendo consoles go, that's where the the Nintendo money is at. So there's definitely yeah. a lot of interesting things there, um, and as well yeah. as that, um, it still doesn't completely break the game because we've had stuff like uh, Captain Toad where it was you could play on a TV with a little wee pointer, but it's it's designed for a touchscreen. So yeah. it's really interesting. But again, this is one of the wonderful things with Switch. So many different well, ways to play it. The Switch is uh, one of the features that I don't use enough is the touchscreen because it's the duality of the Switch, being able to use it on a big screen and then and then handheld. But there are certain titles that if, as long as you could still do the same with the controller on the big screen, I don't mind the idea of being able to use a stylus handheld. In fact, I think it's a, a positive thing. Um, you look like you've got something to say, Alistair. I've got this feeling that you're about to say something. No, I was trying to do my research to see if there were any styluses that already work with the Switch, because okay. I suspect there probably should be. I'm guessing the, the Switch's touchscreen will work the same way as an iPhone or a Samsung or whatever, yeah. and you can use any stylus with them. So yeah. I'm guessing I, I want to go and try it. I suspect any stylus probably currently works. Next mm. time you're playing Boot Manager, try it. I might and actually find the stylus, uh, just give it see a what go. happens. Well, it'll be interesting to see if they do start implementing that now that they're talking about bringing out a stylus with uh, Super Mario Maker. And it would, I wouldn't be hugely surprised, to be honest, if we see more of that. And again, that's the the great thing about the Switch. We've got such a long life cycle, potentially, of the Switch that I could see there being a whole phase where we start seeing re-releases of DS games. There's some great DS games out there. I'm not even talking about the 3DS. I'm talking about the original, and there there's some great stuff out there. So, uh, um, you know, let's see. But hopefully, the more the better. I'm not as never one for saying no to a port, even if, you know, even if only 10 people buy it, because... As long as it's a good port. Yeah, certainly. Bring them all. 
Yeah, even I, the shovelware. I believe uh, any stylist should work because having a look at the one they showed in the photo, it's basically like one of those metal cylinders with the little wee spishy ball that they used to have for the iPhone when they first came out. When everybody oh, was yeah. like, "Oh yeah, we, we should have a stylus for the iPhone," and people are like, "We shouldn't really." <laughs> Yeah, it's, looking online, they do. They do work. There are plenty of styles out there that do work for okay. the Switch. Well, it's not something that we're going to need for many things, but I just have this feeling that it might be uh, a nice addition for certain games, and uh, Super Mario Maker World looks like that's going to happen for that game. Now, good news if you're a Yu-Gi-Oh! fan, Legacy of the Duelist Link Evolution on the eShop, you can now play, and I did read some people talking about this, saying they were very happy, but you can play the whole game in English now. Uh, that's interesting because at the moment it's just in the Japanese eShop so we don't have a Western release yet. Yeah this has been winding me up because I think we chatted about this uh, maybe a, a couple months ago and we're like oh it's coming out in a couple of weeks and then that was an article that was translated wrong oh, and now right. they've got an English version locked away on the Japanese eShop so close but so far. <laughs> oh. It is it's frustrating I mean it's a bit like um, the physical version of of uh, Ace Attorney, which I had to buy as an import, it's completely in Japanese everywhere. But when I load it up, um, the game's in English because it's got English modes, so it defaults in English. But then you can pick Japanese, even though the whole thing's in Japanese. That's pretty so, cool. But we don't have uh, a physical release version of Ace Attorney, albeit we can get it on the eShop. Mm. This is one step further for you, Yu-Gi-Oh, because we don't even have it on the eShop. Yeah. Uh, do you think we will get it on in the West? I, I believe the former game, because it's kind of like a half-extended version, uh, I believe the former version was available in Europe. Uh, okay. So I'm um, fingers crossed. However, uh, they're, they're not, not any stranger of just kind of holding games aside and being like, nah, this... Nah, we're not releasing it in this region. Not enough Just money. Just Japan. Um, what? Um, how would you describe the game to a noob like me who's never played it? I won't lie. I look at the games now because I grew up with the franchise. Uh, yeah, so I, I know the franchise. When I was like four, like four years old. So. Okay. But no, I'm just like I look at. It, I'm like I don't know how I could teach this to anyone. So. So. But yeah. Basically. That's interesting because my brother, who is a lot younger than me, he's nearly 15 years younger than me, one of my biggest memories as a kid when he was about seven, he tried to teach me the rules of Yu-Gi-Oh! And I think I zoned out after about 10 seconds and he kept saying, no, you've got to pay attention. You've got to pay. And he was seven years old at the time. It was quite funny. Um, and that was then. So I dread to think what they are now, that there's evolution and things in the titles. <laughs> Just like, to me, it sounds like some sort of Scandinavian dairy-based product. Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> I'll have a raspberry Yu-Gi-Oh, please. Yeah, exactly. That kind of thing, yeah. Uh, it's a card game, isn't it? It's card-based. Card-based. Card turn-based, is it? Uh, yeah, it's turn-based game. Uh, imagine just like extreme chess with like monsters and then spells and then there's like cards that affect other cards it's there's so many layers to it but they never change the rules which is nice okay Uh, oh oh, the rules are the same okay that's good for like the past decade and they just add new cards basically oh that's uh, storylines because i believe you get to play the kind of animated series in this new game uh which oh nice nerds like me i'm just like oh my god my childhood i can replay it but for me, <laughs> but, uh, well, it, it, I mean, some of those those are actually really good because I have actually watched some of those just again because I had a much younger brother. So you know, it's a bit like being a, a dad of a, a son who will eventually teach 
you things that you would never have seen I'll, elsewhere. I'll tell you, I've learned so much about the ocean by watching Octonauts. Really? Octonauts? Oh, yeah. yeah, and yeah. There's know. not an Octonauts game I'm aware of, though, so that doesn't, it's not really relevant. That, <laughs> that and Peppa Pig, and you, you know pretty much everything Don't about Don't get me everything. started on that, Pig. All right, let's move on then. Uh, some fully destructible environments on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, this is to do with Red Faction. Gorilla, tell us a bit more about this. I don't... So yeah. you, you know more, because you wrote this, Anton. Yeah. <laughs> so are any of you familiar at the Red Fran- Faction franchise from... A- good couple of decades back now yeah yeah i remember looking around um yeah so kind of the most successful game in the franchise red faction gorilla had a remaster maybe about a year ago on playstation 4 and xbox one and we're getting the jump to nintendo switch uh and on 2nd of july so that'll be lots of fun um the kind of interesting thing to note because the game obviously was famous for having a fully destructible environment uh, which mm-hmm. i'm surprised we haven't had more of them uh but interesting thing about this game is in the settings for it you get an option to have either performance or quality not both you have to mm. choose one uh, well, it's always a fine balance that isn't it well uh, in rocket league they have the same thing yeah and i can't as much and only on the switch because of the frame rate i, I guess uh, or because of, because of the quality of the the graphics is is not quite as good as the ps4 for example to be honest, I can't put quality mode on because it slows it down so much that it just feels... Really? For me, anyway, I, yeah, I really notice the difference, so I just play on normal performance mode, which is... It depends on the game. There's some of the... I forget which one it is. I've played some of the game that did the same thing. So I agree with you. On Rocket League, you want the performance. Yeah. But if you're playing a, a less responsive game, you can quality every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It just totally depends on the game. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's uh, certainly interesting. It's coming quite soon. It's the 2nd of... Uh, July, I believe that it's uh, it's coming. So that's one to check out, and it's the actual game. So this has been confirmed by THQ Nordic. They've confirmed Indeed, that Red Faction yeah. Gorilla really Remastered. If you have never gave it a go. It's um, you know, it's kind of weird just having destructible environments. It's something you're not entirely used to, so it completely changes the way you play. It. And yeah, admittedly, it's like a little bit easier to recommend as a fifty pound Xbox recite it. 50 pence 360 title but i'm sure for 30 pounds it might hold up <laughs> yeah well yeah hopefully we will uh we will see when it is released in uh july now next up in america and japan they are getting a mario kart tour closed beta on android so slightly slight diversion from the switch for a moment but this is interesting because it could potentially have a knock-on effect here, but we're not getting it as far as I know. 22nd of May to the 8th of June, we're not getting the beta. No, sad, sad time, because we're, we're all iPhone users, aren't we, if I'm not mistaken? We are, yeah. I have a prehistoric iPhone, but yes, we are all iPhone <laughs> re- users. Uh, but how, how are you feeling about Mario Kart Tour? Because we don't really know anything about it, or how it'll work, or anything, really. <sighs> I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I actually... I'm quietly excited because I think it's a cool concept. I know I think you guys are both slightly less enthused about it than I am. Uh, as as is given away by your fing noises. There. I, I don't I don't know. I, I think I'm just if I'm portable at the moment, I'm playing my Switch. That's the truth of it. And I, I just I don't know if I can be bothered with something to take me away from that. See, I'm I, I take my Switch if I'm travelling a long distance. So if I'm on a train or an airplane, I'll take the Switch with me. But ninety nine percent of the time I'm out and about I don't have the Switch. But I do have a phone. Mm. And I actually quite like to just sit for two minutes, play a quick Mario Kart race, and then disappear off. And actually, I was thinking about this the other day. We've been t- talking for a while about potential new Mario Kart DLC. Mm. And actually, I suspect there might be a couple of tracks in this game 
which might get launched as DLC on the Switch when it comes out. That'd yeah, cool. maybe. But then I think, for example, Mario Kart 7 on the 3DS has so many tracks on there, like other tracks that we didn't see on the Wii U version, which was the Switch version. There's so many tracks that they could do. Uh, they could just remaster it for the Switch, and they haven't done so. I'm not even sure they will. I, I think we'll probably just on Mario Kart as a diversion. I think we'll get a new title before we get more DLC. I think they're done. Ah, yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see who's right. Because mm. uh, yeah, I think yeah. we differ on that. What about you, Anton? See, I have no evidence to base this on, but I think they're going to do another Mario Kart and kind of unlike the style now where we've had just a Mario Kart, but it's the new one, and, and it's just like. Kind of retroactively kind of removes the other ones and you don't think about them. Like if you have Wii U version of Mario Kart, you don't play the Wii version. I think mm-hmm. they're going to take this opportunity because they've got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe to do something completely different. They may even take like a Smash Bros. move because obviously we have Animal Crossing and Zelda now in the game. So I think yeah, I, I'm on the path, kind of path of thinking that they'll have a new one on this console. Hmm. Well. Time will tell, but in the meantime, I'm afraid you won't be getting to play Mario Kart 2 on your mobile as a beta. Uh, Certainly not on iPhone, but not on Android either, even though you will if you're in America and Japan from the 22nd of May to the 8th of June. So there we are. Now, uh, we have something interesting to do with Labo. Actually, there's a couple of bits of Labo news which we're going to talk about. First of all, you missed this last week, Anton, but James has Labo and has the um, VR, Labo VR. Yep. Uh, Since then, we've had the release of Labo VR, Zelda and uh, Mario, and the reviews have been mixed. So interesting to see what people are saying. I haven't seen it or played it, but the reviews certainly have been mixed. Uh, But the first bit of news before we'll talk about this as a general thing is that Sweatproof Gaming, which is a great name, is now selling a head strap, which I'm assuming is sweatproof, for your (laughs) Labo VR headset for $1399, so probably about the same in pounds. Um, So that was one of the things that James said you had to hold up to your your head. Which he said Uh, was both a good thing and a bad thing. Mm. Yeah. It was good because when you get motion sickness, you pull it away. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I guess that's going to be slightly more difficult to do, but that's one of the things that's kind of not put me off about the Labo VR, but just the fact you've got to hold it up. Well, on just before we get our thoughts on Labo VR at the moment, um, Game Explain has managed to get the Labo VR version of uh, Breath of the Wild to run on PS VR, which is interesting. So that gives them a higher resolution and a clearer picture. Now we're not expecting Labo VR to be the Oculus Rift of uh, Nintendo because it's just not going to happen on a fifty pound budget or whatever it is. So we don't expect that. But what you you've been saying you said to me when you came in Alistair that some people have kind of said, mm, it's not very good. Yeah, I've read a couple of reviews. I haven't heard much about Mario, but on Zelda, the general consensus of what I've read has been uh, it's taken what was a phenomenal game and made it a bit rubbish. Mm. Which is a shame actually, and I don't quite know I haven't managed to get to the bottom of exactly why all these reviews are saying it, but it it just seems to restrict the experience. Mm. And it's you lose what some intangible, you lose what made Zelda so breathtaking and open and amazing by it suddenly becoming VR, and I don't mm. get that. But that seems to be what I've heard. Have you heard similar, Anton? Have you heard? Yeah, it it seems to be kind of the fact that you are in VR, you can't re- you can't lose your flexibility within the world because obviously you can only do so much when you're kind of a floating camera in the world. If you know what I mean, it's um. Yeah, it just seems more limiting than anything, which I find quite interesting. Yeah, I think the description that came up most was it um, it flattened the experience. 
Which is ironic. It is. It's very ironic. <laughs> it's very weird. Actually, actually, I'm really disappointed because I thought yeah. the whole concept of that was amazing. And I was, as people who listen to podcasts will know, I was very excited yeah. when that news came out. And now I just feel a bit let down. Mm-hmm. Well, well, look, it's early days for it. And, and Labo VR isn't supposed to take over the experience of Breath of the Wild. So I guess if we go in with different expectations... It, you might feel differently. Maybe these people have been going in with the expectation of I'm now going to play through the whole of Breath of the Wild in VR and maybe that's not how you look at it. And um, I, I'll, I'll reserve judgment until I've played it. I mean, I, I had an amazing experience with Oculus Rift, my first kind of proper VR experience. I'm genuinely really into it. But um, we don't expect that from Labo VR, so I'm not expecting anything. One of the things I'm kind of curious about is I'm wondering if it's maybe the fact that it is a third-person game in VR. Because mm. quite often with third-person games in VR, you're not actually that character. You're almost like a god looking down at them or kind of helping them throughout the environment. So I'm wondering if that's the aspect that is kind of holding back people because they don't feel like they are Link anymore. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point, actually, and because that there was a definite difference between the games where you are the character looking out from the character's eyes, or you're looking down like a god controlling the, the the characters. So that's that's a good point, actually, and I think you might be onto something. Certainly, I don't know. Um, it hasn't been brilliantly received, but it is very early days. It's only been a couple of days since it's been available, so uh, we'll see. And James' experience of Labo VR was very positive, so it leads me to believe that there will be other titles that might just be enough to go, you know what, I'm going to play this. Yeah, there'll be more that are genuinely optimised and designed for Labo VR, whereas yes. neither of those games, I presume, had that Labo VR in mind when they were being put together. No, oh, absolutely not. So I think we should we should wait and see. We'll wait and see how it does develop. Okay, uh, huge news, uh, by the way, uh, this week, and I know that you tweeted about this as well, Anton, because I saw some people kind of talking about it, uh, but uh, the Nintendo Switch has now officially outsold the N64 with the Switch now sitting at 34.74 million consoles. Now, when you think about the N64, for a lot of people, it's the console they played growing up. It's uh, it's the console that has is almost synonymous with Nintendo, that and the SNES probably. Um, but here we are, Nintendo Switch has outsold and I'm not that surprised. No, there's a lot more people gaming these days. Yeah, I just yeah. even from the point of view of uh, the Nintendo Switch being so versatile, I'm not surprised that it's found so many different audiences. Uh, Anton, what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of like really happy about this because I feel like personally, mentally, the N64 is the first point where I consider it a successful Nintendo console. The GameCube kind of cruised by, it wasn't quite a failure like the Wii U. The Wii U is the Wii U, so kind of getting into the big league now, it kind of makes me optimistic for the future because it sells so early like we still yeah. don't have a we don't have an animal crossing we don't have a mainline pokemon yet we have so many big franchises on the way we technically don't even have a proper mario kart so it's still uh, we don't have long. an ex- we don't have an exclusive zelda either yeah no what i find really interesting to see and i could probably go and find the information but the n64 i'll switch out sold the n64 but i wonder if this what the sales figures would have been for the N64 and the Game Boy at the same time. Because the Switch is sort of a hybrid between the two of them. Mm. It's basically the portable console. And the 3DS, it still exists, but it's 
it's pretty much dead probably games for it so would have been the game boy color perhaps at that mm. point mm. i think you're right it might have been the, would it be the color or be advanced i think, I think advanced was a little later yeah, I think I think it was color. so it'd be really interesting to see those two sales combined at what point the switch overtakes them yeah if it does yeah yeah also kind of curious there if um when the switch mini comes out if it does Will it kind of go ahead and acquire its own audience that would have bought a 3DS, or is it going to be people who would have maybe saved up for a Switch but don't need it docked? So I'm kind of curious mm. to see how much that kind of propels the sales moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, well, that is why they're doing it. There's no doubt about that. And as much as we might grumble a little bit about the fact that we're getting different versions of the Switch, actually makes good business sense. And, and we'll, we'll, I would imagine, see quite a surge in. Uh, and people moving over from the likes of 3DS where support has now kind of kind of stopped or is coming to a halt. So, yeah, we shall see again what that brings over the next uh, little while with the Switch Mini. But huge news there that uh, the Switch is outselling or has outsold the N64 now, which is great. Unless loads of people go out and buy new N64s, but I don't think they're making them anymore, right? I think you might struggle to find yeah. a new one, yeah. <laughs> All right, then. We finally know what Persona 5S is. Yes! No. Yes. <laughs> the in, the groan of the internet. I've never seen the internet be so disappointed in quite a while. It's it's kind of sad to see. So, um, if you have not ke- heard about this, Persona Five S, the kind of presumed Switch version of Persona, is a Warriors game. Persona Five. So this is like um hyrule warriors Indeed. type thing Same with team is developing it's uh, called persona 5 scramble the phantom strikers and people are very disappointed and just to add a little bit of salt in the wound it's available on switch even though nobody on switch has played persona 5 unless they have played it on previous consoles <laughs> yeah uh you know i kind of had a bad feeling the closer we got and the less news we had heard about persona 5 coming to the switch so it's not great, but I'm optimistic that this this title might actually be quite good because Hyrule Warriors is a decent title. I've heard people say that this is decent too and that if you write it off, you're writing off a potentially decent game. Uh, so that's good. I think it's just a real shame that the hype was for Persona 5 and it ended up being something that nobody asked for. So that's that's where the problem is. Um, the Hey, listen, we might still get Persona 5S. I actually think what we'll get is Persona 4. I think we'll get Persona 4 at some point this year. I think we'll get an announcement. Yeah, I, I, I just have this feeling that they'll go, you know what, let's let's give them the last one, the golden version, which is the with all the extra stuff. Well, uh, why would they do that? Why would they not just give you five? I don't see why they wouldn't do five, why they would do four first. I it would make more sense than three five, and then release the back catalog after. I guess it it depends how they view the Switch because if they view the Switch as a premium console like a PS4 and an Xbox One, then they will do five. But if they don't, if they see those as the optimum way to play Persona Five because they're the premium consoles, and I'm not talking that we don't think like that, but they might think like that. They might think, but actually, there's a way to sell that last title to a whole new audience because that was a mobile title, essentially, Persona Four. It was great on the Vita, so it would be a really easy port. Well, the only reason I tend to disagree is the fact that uh, Joker's in... Uh, Smash Brothers, mm. Smash Bros, whatever you want to call it. He wouldn't be there if they weren't already. If that deal wasn't already done, and the game Persona Five wasn't coming, yeah, character wouldn't be there because this game isn't going to be big enough for him to have made an appearance in Smash Bros. Mm. Well, 
I hope you're right, and I hope I'm completely wrong, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm not 100% conv- convinced we're going to see anytime soon. See, the thing I find interesting about the kind of, like, your suggestion of premiumness is that I was thinking, I was like, you know what, maybe it doesn't run. And then I was, like, looking around because I was like, you know what, I really want this game. I'll see what price it is on PS4. And then I realised they have it on PS3. I'm like, it, so it can clearly... Do they? Yeah, so it can clearly <laughs> run on last-gen hardware. Which just, oh, had so much salt that <laughs> I could buy, like, a PS3 for £30 at a car boot sale and play Persona on it, but we couldn't do it on Switch. <laughs> so, that must be one of the the last titles for the PS3, because are they still making PS3 games? Surely not. I, f- I think it was, like, cross-gen a couple years after, because Persona 5 did get delayed right. a couple times. So, I think yeah, they maybe yeah. planned it to come out when the PS4 was just coming out and then it got pushed back. But yeah, there is a PS3 version. I know the Persona right. 5, the Royal, the expanded version of Persona 5, isn't coming to PS3. But yeah, it's it's kind of a really sad mm. time. Because I know you were on the boat of looking to pick it up. Do you see yourself waiting or if you've kind of given up hope now because... Um, no, to be honest, there's so many titles that I'm okay with waiting, um, and I still think that we will see Persona in Persona form, not not a Warriors title at some point, but um, it might just give me time to play through some of the other games first, so I'm okay with it now. I've kind of come to terms with it. I had to have a, a sit down and a lie down and a think about life, but I'm I'm now of the opinion that we'll see what happens. Who knows? you know um all right bit of news this is quite cool i saw these actually today someone was uh, posting about the my nintendo europe is now offering a printable alternative cover or covers for the switch versions of final fantasy x and x2 for 50 platinum points or 10 and 10 too i'm just sitting here going why because people like to have something different. And if you can print out a different cover, it looks a bit cool. Someone comes to your house and they go, oh, I've got Final Fantasy X, but I don't have that cover. Why? I mean, uh, I just don't get that. I get it. <laughs> Anton? See, see I, I was kind of like that, but then I was like, I wish they would just sell them like they weren't printable because you're going to go over and then you're going to go buy like a used game at CX and it's going to like look like a Spectrum game with the colours. <laughs> and you, I mean, your home printer is going to be rubbish and there's a good chance it's going to be a border around it because you're not going to be able to print it the full size. I know. Why? Yeah, I agree I agree with you on that. I think they should have just sold them and said, here you go, two ninety nine. get it online, we'll deliver it and you can have yeah. your new cover. That would have been ideal. See, I think it would have been really cool. It made me think, I was like, what if they did this for like digital games so you can still have like a physical copy of it if you want there's a well there's companies that do that isn't there on yeah. uh, etsy and places like that it, it's just kind of the, the kind of angle of having official because I, I won't lie i would yeah. like love to pay like three pounds and just have like a physical copy of like uh, celeste or something like that i feel like Same. It would totally make, make make things okay <laughs> i agree. Geek in me is wondering i wonder if the barcode will be right <laughs> <laughs> no idea. I've no idea. I never thought of that really. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm just a geek. I can't uh, you know, I yeah, I, I'm. I think your idea, Anton, is the best of the lot. There. Let's have a company who just every digital game will offer you a a case and a printed cover with a you know all the details on there, so that we can have our collection on show for everyone to see and take more space in the house. And all made of cardboard for environmentally friendly reasons. Yes, but we can keep them. We're not going to get rid of them. It'll be fine. <laughs> all right, let's, let's move on to some rumours. Now, I'm not normally one for gossip, but... Now, first of all, um, Nintendo's uh, 
President Furukawa has uh, come out and stated that he or that we won't see any new Nintendo Switch hardware during this year's E3, which really doesn't mean anything because all that's saying is when E3 comes around, we're not going to make that announcement. It could be two days before, but we're not making it at E3, you know? <laughs> we don't know. He's basically saying, yeah, we won't be announcing any new hardware because you'll be busy playing Super Mario Maker 2 on your Switch <laughs> Mini. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that's basically it. I mean, E3, what, what's the date for E3 again? I forget. Oh, I think it's like June 7th, 6th, round about there. Okay. So we're not that far away, and we know we're getting a direct at E3. Obviously, we kind of knew that. It's been officially confirmed now as well, so that's good. So we will see whether or not um, any of these sort of rumours that have been ongoing for a while we're going to see more of. I'm quite interested to see where they do go with the next Direct, though, because there's been a lot of the stuff's now been confirmed. Okay, we'll have dates for things, I'd imagine, but I'm interested to see what new announcements they've got for us. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see what comes along. Uh, obviously, no, well, they might announce the new hardware whenever they do the next Direct. Mm. I think they pretty much said they're not going to see the Switch in June, I think is roughly what they said. But yeah. that July is just around the corner from there, so... Yeah, and uh, as I say, I think they'll announce it anyway, whether or not... It certainly won't be at E3, but I think it'll be around about then anyway. We'll probably hear about a Switch Mini, yeah. I think. Yeah. E3, by the way, 7th to the 9th of June. 7th of the 9th of June. Oh, to the 9th, I see. I I Uh, shall enunciate. I see, I see. Um, Personally, me, I think we're going to get a direct at the beginning of this next month. Do you? You think we'll get a May one? Mm, Sorry? Do you think we'll get a May one? Yeah. Because I know, um, like, there's so much information about even just Mario Maker, because I know there was rumours that would have co-op and there would be new items and stuff like that, and we don't know anything, and that's only going to be a month away, so... I think we're just going to have a small direct that kind of covers a lot of the kind of details about existing stuff we know, and then we'll have our big, like, announcement thing during June. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, the more directs, the better. It's felt like ages since we had one last month in March. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so more rumours then. And in uh, N- Nintendo's most recent investor meeting, they back up that these games are still coming out in 2019. So these are some of the titles that people have been worried about that might be delayed. So we've got Animal Crossing... Uh, that's happening we don't know the official title yet same with luigi's mansion 3 which i kind of almost forgot was even coming but excited when that happens and then uh, link awakening links awakening legends of zelda that's coming this year as well so just a, a very quick confirmation that those three games are definitely coming this year one way or another so maybe that's where your um direct will go next month anton maybe that's what they'll be talking fingers about. crossed <laughs> um I'll, I'll fire through some more of these rumors just so, because we've got a few more to get through and if uh, if you've got something that you want to shout about then just jump in retro studios has recently put out a sizable amount of job listings which suggests that they're either ramping up development on metroid prime 4 or another project alongside it. My instinct is probably ramping up development on Metroid Prime 4 because we know that game is going to take a while um, and it's likely they're going to have to have a sizable amount of people involved. So it would be the kind of more sense, the one that makes more sense. I don't, maybe there's another thing happening, but I would think with a game that size with so much expectation. I suspect a studio like that is probably a combination of both. Because, mm. I mean, there is a lot of pressure on them to get Metroid 4 done and to do it quickly because it was obviously basically scrapped and started yeah. to scratch. So yeah. there's a lot of pressure to get that out there. But uh, a studio like that is not going to be working on just one game, so I suspect they're probably recruiting for a couple at the same time. Yeah, yeah maybe. Similarly, I think a mix of both because, one, they're going from making platformers to making a full first-person shooter. And similarly, if we've got a project, project from them 
that's either been cancelled or should be getting released kind of ASAP because they were working on something from 2013 to 2019, 18. So there's a big project lying around somewhere that's probably getting released eventually. <laughs> right. Excellent. Well, um, that yeah, I mean, the more the better. Uh, just very quickly on Zelda as well, a couple of things to tell you about. First of all, there's a new, this is kind of more news, but it brings us um, kind of full circle about chatting about Zelda today because uh, we've got a new version of Zelda of Breath of the Wild actually on the Switch so when you put it in there you'll get an update it's version 1.6.0 uh, this is cool because the loading times have been improved and the loading times in Zelda aren't something that I particularly bother me because the, the screen's quite good there's a bit of info in there there's stuff you can kind of scroll through but actually if it's um, if it's improved them greatly then then that's fantastic and in some cases some people have reported huge improvements yeah that's amazing I- yeah, it's kind of crazy, like twice as fast in some locations, which I'm just kind of looking at, I'm like, how, how have you been able to make something twice as good? That sounds mm. like some magic. I don't understand that. <laughs> well, my, my theory is that the first version when it was released, obviously they were working on it for the Wii U as well. So maybe there was restraints because of the Wii U capabilities um and because they were bringing them out at the same time we didn't really know much about the switch at that point it was a it was right back at the start so it's now been optimized for switch yeah that's what i think i i just wonder if it's just as simple as that they've optimized it and gone actually this is this runs a lot better could be i don't actually remember the loading times being bad at all i can vaguely remember the screen they're 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 not the fastest but they're not and they're not the longest certainly well it's a great game so we don't mind too much uh and uh, just interestingly as well on zelda this is cool i don't know if anton you've seen this but there's a modder uh his name's melon speedruns and uh i assume he does speedruns of games whatever Uh, makes you think that yeah i have no idea (laughs) and he also likes melons apparently he's uh, recently developed a well-done all-rounded first person mod for the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. That would be cool. That is pretty cool, and that's that's really what we wanted for Nintendo, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was. I think Anton, I'm, have you seen this? Yeah, I was just kind of thinking this when, as soon as I saw this, I'm like, why couldn't Nintendo do this? This would have been perfect mm. for Breath of the Wild. Uh, they could have had, like, a big update. It would. I feel like having kind of the added VR support in first person, that would kind of bring the game back into relevancy. They could possibly talk at it about direct, but, you know, we yeah. can always hold our fingers crossed and Nintendo will give N- us what N- we want. Yeah, Nintendo, give that man a job. Well, I wonder how many times you see these modders get offered roles because of their work. It surely must happen. It must be a great way of doing it. Basically writing your own CV to guarantee yourself a job. It's like a showcase, isn't it? This is my introduction. And then finally, we'd mentioned this actually funnily enough earlier on, um, and it's to do with the 3DS. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're at the end of the 3DS cycle. And a spokesman has basically said that there's nothing new to announce regarding first party software for the Nintendo 3DS which which will open the door in the future to retro people then deciding to create a title for the 3DS so um but unfortunately if you are a 3DS owner it's unlikely you're going to see anything new um i would suggest buying a switch mini <laughs> basically <laughs> or a regular switch or a regular switch but certainly the switch mini if that's your thing if you're just a mobile gamer uh and that brings us to the end of the news and the rumors and i think it's time to play the quiz i have so many questions all right then so anton you're back to play the quiz again how are you feeling i, I, I don't know i i could 
I think it's all downhill from here. <laughs> um, no, I think you're secretly feeling quietly confident, but don't want to appear like you're bragging. <laughs> <laughs> well, last week it was Alistair against James, and so unfortunate from James's perspective, and so lucky from Alistair's perspective, uh, because we were recording in a different location, we had a major issue, which... Um, actually, it was nothing to do with the location. It was just to do with the way it was saved. It, it didn't save the final 10% of the podcast. So we missed the quiz, but it did finish 2-1 It was genuinely a draw. We really? both got 2-2, two, 2-2, two, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I can tell you for a fact, it was 2-1 to James. It was 2-1 uh, to James. He, he did... he, to be fair, he pulled out a blinder. Whatever the last game oh. was, was, a, was completely out there. It was a game, I can't remember what it was now. I wish we had it recorded. It was on the same level as Pepsi Man. Yes. <laughs> it was, and, and it was one of those where he literally got it on the first one and we were like really? but just with the developer name and we were like are you are you serious so uh so anyway no pressure anton but uh i would love to pit you against james another time and see how that goes because i think you've only done that once um so we'll see how this goes a so rematch. first a rematch exactly uh, at the moment with uh, yourselves i think it's about eight four to anton or something i don't know or eight five it doesn't matter we'll start matter. again <laughs> Yeah, points don't matter. <laughs> so, uh, three games. First game then. Uh, this is a third-person role-playing video game developed by BioWare. Interplay Entertainment were originally set to publish the game, but there were financial difficulties uh, and it got taken over by Infogrames. And uh, it was eventually released on Windows in 2003. And then it was actually, there was a Mac port in 2003 in August as well. Interesting. So PC release. Yep. Hmm. Uh, Darksiders? <laughs> uh, no. 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 Name's not coming to me. Okay. This game was set in the fantasy world of the Forgotten Realms campaign setting with the game mechanics based on Dungeons and Dragons 3rd edition rules. Hmm. I wish I knew more about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I know nothing. <laughs> okay, the you could have up to 64 players connected to a single server and the intent was to create a potentially infinite, massive multiplayer game framework. Uh, the game was named after the original version of this, which I would take as well because um, it's essentially the same. Uh, it's the first graphical MMORPG. It wasn't Diablo, was it? No. Uh, no. Fantasy Star? No, it's not, not Fantasy first. Star, which is a good shout. No, uh, so uh, the original release of this includes the game engine, a game campaign that can be played as a single player or in multiplayer mode, and in the Windows release, the Aurora toolset, which you could create custom content as well. There were three expansions: uh, Shadows of Undren Tide in June two thousand three, Hordes of the Underdark in December two thousand three, and Kingmaker in November two thousand four. There was a sequel with the same title but number two at the end, released in 2006. The Old Republic? I've got a clue. It's not The Old Republic. Uh, what else can I give you? Um, uh, multiplayer, uh, we mentioned that, so I'll give you some more on that. Uh, so depending on hardware and bandwidth, each server eventually can support up to 96 players on the same server application so obviously expanded as the game went on and it's something that was played for years and years uh, i know that uh, I, I did have a couple of friends that played it um if oh give you starcraft really, it's not starcraft is a good one as well uh it's a, it, it doesn't have a global chat function aside aside from the supported game spy players could join pickup games through the game's multiplayer interface or schedule games in advance with friends 
Wasn't that something like Elder Scrolls Online or No. Are we are we giving up here? Uh, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm drawing up a total blank. Alright, the answer was Neverwinter Nights. Never even heard of that. Oh it's wow. Ringing a vague bell, but I certainly never played it. Right. Well it's a game that uh, I'm just showing Alistair the the, the the, the cover for oh, it. Oh god, god, I remember that box. Yes. I yeah. All right. That, yeah, that totally rings a bell. If you if you get a second, Anton, have a quick Google of Neverwinter Nights, and you'll you'll remember it. And for those listening that have never played it, you'll probably remember the art uh, style of the the logo. Um, yeah, for it's it. quite distinctive. I remember yeah. that being in shelves. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's still nil nil. We're oh. going to move on to game number two. You're still in the game, Alistair. We could have a draw. <laughs> this is a platform video game developed by Argonaut Games and published by Fox Interactive. Uh, that's not, that, no, no idea. Astro <laughs> No. The game is known for being one of the earliest examples of a 3D platform game. It was released in North America in September 1997 for the Sony PlayStation. Oddworld? No. Uh, Croc? It is Croc. Well really? done. Oh. Yes. Legend of the Gobos. <laughs> uh, well done. It is Croc. It was, I was going to say it was later released on the Sega Saturn in the same year, which I didn't actually realise, but there we are. And um, yeah, Croc was uh, one of those games that actually wasn't that brilliant, but yeah, everybody seemed to love it, me included. Funny enough, I'd forgotten it existed until you said the word Croc and all of a sudden the box art popped into my head. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is one of those that uh, I think everyone with a PlayStation owned at some point. Except me. Didn't really? Own it. No, I never owned it. Oh, that's but yeah, I just remember being. Okay, this is uh, so, so it's one nil to Anton. Uh, final game, and this is a first-person action-adventure platform video game developed by EA Dice and published by Electronic Arts. Uh, it- I'll let I'll go. <laughs> oh, are you? I'll, no, it's too wide. I haven't got a clue. You, can't know. you know what it is? It is Mirror's Edge. Well done. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I'm guessing the fact that it was EA Dice was what gave it away. Yeah, I was like, it's either Battlefield or Mirror's Edge, and I was like, I feel like Mike would go for Mirror's Edge. <laughs> yeah, Mirror's Edge is a really interesting title. Have you either of you played it? Uh, yeah, I played a demo of it, I think. Mm, mm. Anton? Yeah, I've played it a bunch. Uh, I would highly recommend giving the full game a go because the demo is like notoriously awful. It's uh, a really cheap game, though, <laughs> so you should give it a go. Uh, it throws a lot of game mechanics on you early on in the tutorial. That was basically the demo, so never really yeah. gave you a good chance to give it a go. But fun game, uh, very short, however. Uh, but you know what? Personally, me, with how many games there are, it's nice to just kind of play a game that doesn't yeah, dilly-dally. Yeah, to be honest, a short game doesn't really bother me if it's something that's going to be enjoyable. I'd almost rather they were shorter than longer. All these games that go on for days and weeks and years and months or whatever it is. To Red them, Dead 2. Red Dead 2 <laughs> still going up so five months later. Yeah. I would like a shorter games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, just on that, the one that I'm playing at the moment, State of Mind, is about 10 hours all in, I think, at the moment. That's a good length. Which is reasonable because yeah. I'm already I'm at the point where I'm like, I want to know what's happening and I feel like if it was a 20-hour game, I'd start to get a bit frustrated. South Park's about 20 hours-ish. Yeah. So. It was beginning to get on the wrong side. It yeah. was great, but it's, it's, it's brilliant, but it does get. So yet, yet again, though, I'm in awe of Anton's game knowledge. Oh, this I know. It's a font it's, of information. It's his, um, it's his developer and publisher knowledge that I, I am always in awe of. He always knows who, who developed what. I'm just amazed is... I won any. I, I feel quite proud. I won. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one week we'll have a, a mammoth game. We'll invite uh, James and Emily on the podcast. Oh, and we'll have that, a full. That would be like the the Infinity War, the end game of the podcast. <laughs> well, maybe if we ever get to end of. 
season one because we're still in season one technically <laughs> and we'll have to decide at some point how we do that but maybe at some point we'll have a break for two weeks and we'll have a final episode where everyone's on that would be fun yeah we could have a gaming battle royale last yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely or we could invite someone uh, one of our listeners on to to compete that could be quite fun and just get them on for the end bit yeah yeah i would i wouldn't stand a chance and <laughs> i also feel like this is something we should probably chat about in a production meeting rather than in the middle of the podcast That's probably a good idea yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's take that one offline <laughs> right on that point uh, that is uh, about it for this week just a reminder you can get us on twitter nsuk podcast on twitter uh, if you're on itunes we're on there we're on facebook we're on email as well uh, we are yeah we're on uh, podcast at nsukp.co.uk and the website is nsukp.co.uk as well anton it's been a pleasure uh Thank enjoy you. your what are you playing on the micro right now oh uh god what have i been playing uh tetris of my world i played doom which on like oh, a yes. two inch screen is ridiculous and i love it and playing doom with a d-pad it works somehow <laughs> don't know how they did that <laughs> but wow. yeah that's that's Impressed. been the main ones cool oh awesome well i'm gonna go and maybe play half an hour of state of mind and then probably oh, sleep we didn't talk about mario tennis how did we forget <sighs> that that's a good point. We've said goodbye, but you know what? Before we go, just we're very go quickly, uh, and I might put this in the blurb to say, listen to the end. <laughs> uh, Mario Tennis is currently free for seven days. The demo, the, there's a special online demo of it. Um, and I had a go yesterday, went through the whole tutorial, really enjoyable, had a couple of games against the CPU, and that was good. Uh, you've had a go of it as well. I've had a go of it. It's really good fun playing with three or four people. It was, yes. uh, yeah, it was a very, very accessible game. You didn't need to play it at all, and still your scoring points. It was great fun. Yeah, Anton, what about yourself? I, I haven't given it a go yet. Um, I didn't even know it was on sale, so I, I need to get on that. No, it's it's uh, free, right sorry. now. It's a free demo for seven days. Uh, so go and download it, and you'll have a whole week to. Uh, to have a go well I think maybe six days now but go and yeah. check it out but we'll go play and we can report back next week yeah absolutely alright then uh, that's it for this week we will be back for our next episode in a week's time until then have a great week cheerio au revoir